When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrive, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Welcome, everybody, to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about value, 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 and how important it is, how critical it is to every part of your organization. Uh, I was just on Zoom with an old friend, Daryl Amy, and we hadn't talked for a while. We started talking. Daryl, welcome. It's great to be here, Mark. I love a conversation about value. It's always fun. Yep. So we were talking and kind of catching each other up. And finding out that we we kind of serve some complementary clientele and we have some really different thoughts, but parallel thoughts, as usually happens with you and I, like you and I are, kin- <laughs> are kindred spirits that believe the same things. We just use different words for them. And we're talking about the relationship value, the personal affinity. So um, introduce yourself. Uh, you've got your own practice in helping companies grow. So Tell us about a little bit about yourself, Daryl, and how we can get a hold of you. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fun to be here. And and I am Daryl Amy. I am all about value and I love the alignment of sales and marketing. I write about it in my book, Revenue Growth Engine, where we talk about how to align sales and marketing to accelerate growth. Value is a huge part of the revenue growth engine model. And I'm also the co-host of the Selling from the Heart podcast, where we are helping sales professionals build trust through every phase of the sales process. And it was the trust equation that brought uh, to the surface this concept of value, which I knew uh, jumping on a call with you today, Mark, that that we we're going to have an engaging, engaging conversation. So that's what brings us here today. Author of Revenue Growth Engine, co-host of Selling from the Heart, passionate about all things related to value that drives revenue growth. And we'll ask at the end, but get an email address at the beginning if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, if if someone wants a copy of Revenue Growth Engine, just text the word revenue to 21,000. That's revenue to 21,000. And it'll point you through to the revenuegrowthengine.com website where you can actually get the audio book um, on the house right now. It's available for instant access. Uh, if you need some ideas as we head into the summer and on into the rest of the year, to accelerate your revenue growth, just text revenue to 21,000. Yep. So when we were talking just before we started, we hit the record button. Daryl, you said that uh, a lot of your clients are in a very relationship heavy business where the purchase is not particularly complex or risky. And so the importance of the relationship and the trust relationship between the buyer becomes a significant differentiator, a significant way to add value. 
to build on that a little bit, what I'm thinking about specifically is what I call full cycle sales. These are relationships that it's not a one and done type of transaction. It is, uh, it's something where you're going to build a relationship with a client and it's going to be a, a relationship that goes on over time, you know, and this is, this is where a lot of sales professionals find themselves, um, whether it's in um, more of a white collar type of, of industry with financial services, insurance, go down the list on that, where you've got an ongoing relationship, say as a commercial banker with, with somebody. It also applies to what might be more blue collar type industries, all the way down to, let's say, companies that are selling into uh, construction uh, supplies or working with manufacturers or uh, possibly even in food service where maybe the the uh, actual product itself is is not so complex but the reality is that sales relationship it's not a one and done this is something that's going to grow over time the third category where this uh, this conversation i believe applies as well is for those who are in a channel type sales relationship where you're not selling to an end user you're selling through a channel and all of these are highly relational uh types of, of sales engagements where you're going to not just, you know, through one sales cycle, but literally over a span of years, grow that relationship, hopefully in parallel with meaningful value uh, to be able to maximize your um, your value, your revenue, et cetera, to that, that prospect and, and eventually client. Okay. So to contrast that with my practice, which is um, at another end of the spectrum, which is highly consultative, where your customer finds what you're selling to be new to them, new to the company, risky to them, risky to the company, mm -hmm. complex organizationally. And so they have to trust your, like 21% of all B2B buyers invite a customer in or are willing to engage. They don't necessarily invite, but they're willing to engage a, a salesperson to help them sort out their needs, like before even generating alternatives, before general to help them generate their needs document, mm -hmm. right? That they're going to take yep. out to, to uh, alternatives, and so that consultant has to understand your business in ways that you don't. And I was, you know, this conversation with you opened my eyes to the fact that actually you have to do that at both ends of the spectrum. You have to understand your customer's business. When you are going into restaurant service and your customer's asking you for a new ingredient, you have to understand what's the menu selection, your, your menu choices, what kind of labor do you have? Are you, you know, what kind of equipment do you have? What kind of constraints? Let's make sure that we, you know, get you something that is going to still meet the flavor profile you're looking for, but uh, minimize prep time or minimize wastage or something like that, because it's going to be, whatever. And so all of that suddenly requires an expertise and a relationship. And so I used to tell my Miller Hyman clients, the relationship was either personal affinity, you know, we know each other's kids names and uh, whiskey and tickets and golf you know, games and, and whatever, and credibility. And you took credibility and cracked that open into a co two components, which are well, this is this is the heart of the trust equation that we teach at Selling from the Heart is trust is a two-sided coin uh, from our point of view. Trust is that 
um, authentic relationship plus meaningful value. Both of these things are important. Authentic relationship. Is this person going to come through for me? Like, do I trust that they are somebody that is going to come through? Because in whether, whether you're talking about a highly complex um, organizational decision, say an enterprise software sale, or whether you're talking about somebody that's going to partner with a um, wholesale plumbing supplier, uh, the the relational side is, is, is this person going to come through? Because here's the deal, whether I'm making a complex software decision or whether I'm making a decision about a supplier that's going to be an ongoing type relationship, I need to have the assurance that that person's going to come through authentic relationships. So flip the, flip the coin over on the trust coin. The other side of the trust coin is meaningful value. Do they know what they're talking about? And do they understand my business would be some questions around that. Or as uh, my co-host at Selling from the Heart, Larry Levine would say, are they an empty suit, <laughs> right? Are they are they someone that looks great and all of that? They, they might be able to be uh, someone I trust relationally, but they don't know anything about you know the business that I'm in. And I would say that in order to move deals forward, we need to be able to establish trust by combining authentic relationship. This person is someone who's going to come through. They actually care. They have a heart. Um, and this is someone that can add value. They know what they're talking about. They know their business, my business, and they have a brain. <laughs> and yeah. so we get both of those things that come into play. And and I would say, Mark, if you are somebody that's really good at authentic relationships, but don't aren't able to deliver meaningful value, you're going to have a lot of friends and you're going to need one of them to pick up the lunch tab because you're not going to close any deals, right? Yeah. You if know. you're someone that's only meaningful value and this one, this one's really, really critical. If you're, if you know the business inside and out, but you don't have the relationship where someone is really, you know, asking the question, yeah, I see the value here. There's five different vendors bringing me a point of view with value but who is ultimately going to come through? Who's going to stick around when the going gets tough? Is this going to be somebody that is going to genuinely care about my success, not just my business, but my success personally in whatever role this is? That's where the authentic relationship comes to. And, and I think it's something deeper than, than uh, whiskey and donuts and, yeah. and uh, golf, you know, all all, yeah, the, all I, those provide environments to build relationship. But this is something I think we can't overlook because people bring both their head and their heart to a business transaction. Yeah. I, I had a story from early in my career um, was in wire and cable. And this was kind of a high-end application. It was it was in one of the old dot matrix printers, you know, the ones that go. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I, um, but this was the high-end ones that were um, in, in at the airport uh, behind the ticket counters and in travel agents offices. So those things were running all day. So they need a, they needed to go zzz, zzz back and forth a hundred a hundred million times for the life yeah. of the computer. And there was two companies in the world that could make a cable that would do that. So it wasn't five, but it was two. Um, and we got the business. And we're humming along. So it's kind of a commodity business at that point. And we get a call from them saying, hey, um, something's wrong. It's not going through the connector application machine correctly. And we're getting a bunch of misconnections and their electrical failures because the cable and the connector aren't going together right. 
So we immediately um, had them ship samples back and we flew people out and back and forth, figured out that the problem was that the cable was in spec, but the spec was too loose. So we were shipping stuff that was just barely inside of spec, but it was failing because we had given them a standard spec and it, the spec was wrong. So we then we had to inspect things a tiny bit in, a little bit more inside, a little bit more inside to find out what the spec should be. So we inspected a whole bunch of how far in spec is this. Then we sent them back to them and they did their termination tests and we found the, the right um, spec. And then we had to catch them up because they were had been lying down this whole time. And so their manufacturing was lying down. So we couldn't ship them all 20,000 feet that they needed, but we could get them uh, 1,500 feet a day. Mm -hmm. And we ran some every day uh, outside of other, other production. And so after a couple of weeks, we got them picked, uh, got them caught up. And so we had the that final wrap-up meeting, right? And they told us, there's two companies in the world that can make this, you and this other company. And the reason we paid, we bought, we went with you. And the reason we pay 18% more for, from you guys is because we knew you were going to do exactly what you did. We knew that you were going to stand behind your product. We but And we knew the, the other company would say, it's in spec. Don't be late on the invoice. There's a new shipment arriving on your loading dock tomorrow. Don't be late paying for that either. Have a nice day. And so your credibility, understanding their business means getting into being designed, being understanding their business well enough so that you design a cable that'll make it to 100 million flexes. Being who you say you are, standing behind the product is that other part of that credibility. And in, right. in, in no case did we take any of them out to a ball game. In no case did we get any of them whiskey or tickets. We had incredibly professional, close, personal relationships, but it wasn't about the personal affinity. It was about the two components of credibility that you mentioned, right? And here's here was you know why I said, hey man, we got to record this because when I talk to young sales forces, tell me if you, were, you have the same experience or not. But when I talk to young sales forces, I'm um, thinking back to one in commercial banking. They said, oh, you know, my customer buys the relationship with me. You know, I have to know their kids' names and, and I have to, you know, buy donuts for them on Tuesdays. And um, they buy the relationship with me. And you and I, and, and that relationship, that personal affinity is not unnecessary. And it's more important to some customers than other. Uh, I, I'll grant you that. But that's not the two ingredients that you and I talked about. Mm -hmm. And so when a salesperson says, oh, I've got great relationships, um, it's because they are falling back on their need to be liked, right? I, I want them to like me. Sometimes. So I'm buying them donuts and you know, we're buying, get, taking them out for pizzas. And, and that is a swing and a miss. Sure, go ahead and do that, but add value. Be see, dependable. I want to push back on that a little bit, Please, though, because yeah. here's the deal. Like, so, and and I am all I'm all for meaningful value. And by the way, values in the eye of the beholder, meaningful value means it's meaningful to the buyer, not to your marketing department. Like, what's meaningful to them 
what are their goals? What are the outcomes they want to achieve? But if you think about that, and it's so meaningful to their business, it's also meaningful to them personally, because if they're able to hit their goal and succeed, it means advancement in the company. It means whatever, whatever, whether they're top level or mid-level decision maker means different things. But but the 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 reality is because it means so much, because value means so much to that person. Now there's an emotional component, whether we like it or not. I think the reality is that, um, you know, all the greats, sales greats like Zig and Tom Hopkins and all those that said, people don't buy on logic, they buy on emotion. This is where the relational side of this comes, because I can see the best presentation and evaluation and, and value proposition but if I'm not confident that that person or that team or that company is going to come through for me, because we've all been burned, this is where, you know, this is where the fear starts coming in. And how do you counteract fear? Well, the opposite of fear is actually love. And so it's emotional. Fear is emotional. Love is emotional. You go, well, can we overcome all this fear with logic? Maybe some of it, but but at the end of the day, you can say you can have the best solution in the world. And by the way, your competitor probably has a very similar solution, but you use that dot matrix cable company um, example. The question really there was when things get rough or when there's a challenge and there's always a challenge, who can I trust to come through for me? Who can I, you know, who do I have the ability to text at, you know, eight o'clock at night? Um, who do I have a relationship with? And these are, you know, the relationship component, I believe, gets in some some senses way overvalued and in other senses way undervalued. Yeah. Um, I, you yeah. know, and, and that relationship, yes, you if you've got great relationships with your prospects, but no value, you're going to starve to death. Yeah. But if you're great at value and don't bring the relational side in, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. I, yeah, totally buy it. Um, and I think maybe our problem is that relationship, the word relationship means so many things to so many people that it doesn't mean anything to anyone. Mm -hmm. I can say I have a great relationship and we unpack that. And, and I say, you got no relationship at all. You just know their kids' names. Well, and some now, people that's and, important. And, similar, right? and somebody else could say, I've got a great relationship. And they say, oh, we went through hell together on this dot matrix printer thing. And we trust each other implicitly. And I've got yeah. a great right? That's relationship too. That so, is, absolutely. Uh, and, and I buy into the, absolutely buy into that relationship, that personal trust, the emotional thing, right? These are engineers, manufacturing engineers at a ginormous country mm -hmm. company whose job was on the line because the, that company's line, production line was down. Yeah. And that meant something to them personally, professionally, um, all in, in all kinds of ways. And, um, and so that personal stuff was absolutely there. But nobody bought anybody whiskey and tickets, right? Nobody but, relied on the fact that I know you love fishing. Right. But, and but so, here's the deal in the process of that, in the process of that, and think of all those engineers. And, and by the way, just as, 
you know, I learned uh, in my marriage that uh, that everyone's got different love languages. And so I think that this is, you know, this, so people are all over the board in terms of what, you know, what what relationship, what love means to them. Um, and I think that's true of our buyers as well. So, oh my yes, gosh, yeah, right. There are some buyers that um, are are exactly what you're talking about. But if even if you peel back the engineer, if you will, the most technical buyer um, that or the CFO, you know, that just show me the numbers, bottom line, the whole thing for me. Um, once again, underneath that, there's there's emotion from a number of different perspectives. Uh, yeah. There's, yeah. you know, what yeah. if this doesn't happen? What if it doesn't work? And there's the other thing of, what if I lose my job? And this this now underneath that is all a whole host of things about that engineer cares about their family. They care about, you know, their future and, and all of these things. So sell with your head, but don't forget to sell with your heart. And both of those things um, are, are really, really yeah. critical. Yeah, I, I think we're agreeing. Um, and I, I'm just saying that the, the that surface stuff, when I was hearing those bankers, those young, new to sales yeah. bankers talk about the personal stuff, and I unpack what does personal stuff mean to you, um, I had to bite my tongue and say, that's kind of fluff. What you're there for as a banker is to help them understand their own business in ways that they don't so that you can make them more successful and you can have this very co-created solution, co-created relationship where you not only provide services for them, but you are an integral part of their decision making and an integral part of their success. And that the relationship that is built on that, the personal relationship that's built on that is is indispensable. And so getting those sales puppies to realize that it's not about starting with tickets, it's about starting with business acumen. I mean, in order to do business with you, they have to give you their financials for gosh sakes. So you have access to deep insights about their business. If you're any good at reading their financials, you can start giving them really great feedback that isn't isn't jelly filled. Yeah, well, I mean, back to the donuts, right? Uh, but that, so let me share a story about my commercial banking relationship. So I've been in business since 2004. So I'm coming up on 20 years um, in business and um, and I have had the exact same bank for 20 years. And here's why. Here's why. One day early on in my banking relationship, this is probably three or four years in. Um, and just think about that 20 years of banking relationship, of deposits and loans and all the different aspects of, of a banking relationship. One day I pulled to the drive through window at the bank to deposit some checks um, from some very awesome clients that had paid for their services. And I handed the checks through the window and uh, the branch manager recognized that I had driven up in the middle of the afternoon or whenever it was that I'd paused and gone over to the bank. And they said, hey, Daryl, it's great to see you, Mr. Amy, and said, I was thinking of you the other day. And she slides through the little um, thing they do at the bank when you're driving through a laminated copy of my son who had been in the local newspaper for doing something good, by the way, it wasn't for something <laughs> bad, uh, it, but a laminated copy of he'd won some award at school. I didn't even remember the award, but now 15 years later, 
I remember that bank manager um, paying attention to me personally. Now you go, okay, is that valuable? Yes. And here's why. First of all, I've had many, many opportunities to change banks. That's easy. Like there's so many banks with all kinds of things. Um, but I have a relationship with that branch manager and that brand now that I really trust. The other thing that's valuable is when it comes to sending across my personal or business financial information um, to someone I don't know versus someone who I have some level of connection with because they at least a remembered my name, remembered my son's name and cared enough to clip that thing out of the newspaper. I mean, this is like a no brainer is in terms of who I'm going to trust more with my financial information. Now, do they need to know their stuff? Of course, but this is, you know, this becomes, I believe the X factor in selling. Yes. Meaningful value, know your stuff, know their business get schooled on business acumen, all the things you need to know, but also give a rip. And, and that, you know, I, I could have changed banks a hundred times in the last 15 years, but because that branch manager gave a rip about me and, um, you know, and also combine that with very personalized service over the years, you know, someone that I can text if I have an issue, I don't have to worry about sitting on hold. I can say, Hey, can you help me out with this? That's, you know, that, that right there becomes the X factor in relationship. Now that banking relationship is not a one and done thing, right? I'm going to have a bank for 20 years and I'll probably have a bank for another 20 years. Um, and, and so we're talking about a sales, what I call full cycle sales, where it's an ongoing yeah. type relationship. Oh, this, yeah, the this becomes the glue. Yeah. I've heard it called an infinity loop or a flywheel. Yeah. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Each relate each transaction feeds the relationship, feeds um feeds the relationship. Or each relational interaction feeds the transaction. Yeah. And that's why it's it's got two loops of an infinity loop, right? right. The yep. transaction fuels a relationship. The relationship fuels a new transaction. Um really important. And so Respond to this, I, you know, there's, there are, we all know some great, super successful salespeople who develop a lot of credibility, are valued, uh, are appreciated, do have some personal relationships. But other than that, they're kind of cold fish, but they are mm -hmm. crushed. They crush their quota, right? They are high performing salespeople. But there are some customers, exactly as you said, there are some customers who really, they really want a little bit more of that personal stuff. Um, that laminated article meant a lot more to you than it might mean to some other people in your position. And that branch manager somehow figured out that you were the one that you were going to value that. So I say, you know, we, we've heard books about personality types in sales and the challenger sales type and the whatnot sales type. I actually think that this, the best sales type personality type is the chameleon. It's the one who understands the person that they are knee to knee with across mm -hmm. the table with at that moment and can give that person what they need. And if you need some some loving up on a personal side, don't be a fish. 
don't be the your normal cold fish self at this right. point. Um, so those cold fish might be able to turn it on at the right time, or they might just find the, the people who don't need that. I think you're leaving, as you said, you're leaving money on the table if you don't respond to somebody who really values that personal stuff. And the more, this sounds like an insulting pejorative, the transactional, the more uh, commoditized what it, what it is you're buying or selling, the more important that chameleonship is, I think. Maybe. So I always want to elevate the conversation. Even, even yeah. if I'm selling a case of tomatoes, it's not about a case of tomatoes. It's about yeah. the financial success of that restaurant, right? And Or restaurant group. Um, and, and the interesting thing is I'm listening and yes, we do need to adapt to, if you will, the love language or the platinum rule, uh, tip of the hat to Dr. Tony Alessandra, you know, all of that, we need to adapt our communication styles and our, uh, all of that. But, but I think under what I'm talking about is underneath that at the level of the heart, whether you're, um, all logic or all, all relation, you know, wherever you are on that sliding scale personally, um, is, Another way to talk about this relationship and value thing is sincerity and substance. So the value is the substance, right? We need value, we need substance. But underneath that, there needs to be a sincerity. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Giving a rip. And I think this is where, you know, that sincerity is displayed in a lot of different ways. It, it could be the laminated card just saying, I'm paying attention to you. I know who you are and I'm watching, you know, paying attention. And it's it's the sincerity of going, if I have to stay up all night or if I have to drive this coil of wire uh, across the country to get it to you so you can, you know, your dot matrix printers can factory can be up and running, I will do that. Like there's that level yeah. of giving a rip and caring. Yeah, I, I talk so about, important. yeah, yeah, I talk about a gen being genuine. Uh, you're no longer trying to sell something. You are gen you approach it with a mindset of genuine service. I genuinely want to know so much about your business that I can add all the value. I can squeeze all the value out of every every interaction that we have. And then everything that we do for your business, I want to be able to do it better than everybody else. Uh, I want to tweak what I do to be more valuable to you than what anybody else does only, you know, even though a lot of people could do it, I'm the one who cares enough to do it. That's right. And that's absolutely critical. Uh, no matter what end of the spectrum you're on. And so if you take that, I mean, this is, this is the core of selling from the heart is saying, how do we mix substance and sincerity together? And, you know, giving a rip, really, really caring um, is going to drive you to really care about their business. And it's going to drive you to really care about them personally. Absolutely. When you get those two together, that's the, you know, that is the, the, whether you, even if you're in a transactional one time, one and done type deal, you get those two together um, of substance and sincerity, and you've got a really compelling um, combination that's, that's going to help you win more deals and, and stick around longer and, and maximize for all the things we're looking for in sales. So yes. And, and if you care enough, if you've got enough sincerity, it's going to drive you to do the hard work to really become someone valuable. And that's yeah. important. 
Yeah, it was it was no fun getting that call as the cable manufacturer. It was no fun going back and forth. It was no fun turning our inspection team upside down. It was no mm -hmm. fun getting them to work extra hours to inspect tiny differences in cable that were all in spec anyway. None of that was mm -hmm. fun. It was no fun getting manufacturing to squeeze a little bit out of, of production out for this customer every day. Um, but man, when we closed that meeting out, um, I was able to take some real kudos back to that entire team and said, you know what? You guys really went to the well. Yeah. And what they told us is that the, we have been for the last 15 years of this product that we've been selling them, we've been 15 to 18% higher price the entire time. And you guys just earned it. And yeah. Um, yeah. thank you. And so I, I, you know, I made them all a lunch and it was. Did you bring it, them donuts? I baked that. I cooked. <laughs> I made stuffed poblano chilies. I bought an entire beautiful of beautiful chilies and I made a stuffing and my hands were <laughs> hurt because I had, I had, I had uh, deveined uh, de those poblano chilies. 40 of them by hand and my hands were burning for three days. That's that that's not well, it's a little bit funny, but you know, the yeah, it's, it's funny now. Is, and I bet they would have done exactly the same for you. And that's where the relationship yeah. comes in. Right. And, and you guys, and this is what's so beautiful about um, what we get to do in sales in particular. And, and we believe this to the core at selling from the heart is um, that there is there is a level of business that is very personal. And and so when we combine sincerity and substance and across all different industries and relational temperaments, sales um, not only becomes more effective, it also becomes much more fulfilling and enjoyable. And, and so you get those two together where you're crushing your goals, you're enjoying doing it, and you're bringing stuff, poblano peppers to your uh, best clients. Now we're having a, a good time. And, That's um, right. you know, uh, so the Sepulvanos were the cool. internal team who made it all happen. Yeah. Ah, okay. Do the clients no. get any peppers? No. Oh, <laughs> they just got cable. <laughs> they got cable. And, and a big thank you. Um, yeah. So awesome. Awesome. Awesome talk, Daryl. Thank you. I know you've got to get going. Uh, one more time, tell people how they can get a hold of you. 21,000 is the text. Yeah, just text the word revenue to 21,000. That's revenue to 21,000. That'll put you through to our website at revenuegrowthengine.com where you can get a free uh, audio book uh, for Revenue Growth Engine. The entire book is there, complimentary, my gift to you. And um, also check out Selling from the Heart. You can join our podcast every week. We get to talk to incredible thought leaders in the world of sales, Selling from the Heart podcast where all fine podcasts are sold. Mark, always fun. What a great conversation. Absolutely, Daryl. Uh, I, and I can rem, I can uh, recommend Revenue Growth Engine highly. Uh, I've read it. Um, and that's why Daryl, I consider Daryl and I just kindred spirits, and very much kindred spirits. So Absolutely. thank you everybody for joining us on this great episode of the Value Clarity Podcast, where we remind you value only exists in the mind of your customer which means that sales, marketing, manufacturing operations, business in general is a lot more like brain surgery than you might have thought. Thanks and go have a high value day. Well, it ain't easy because value's in your
your buyer's brain If you're selling on only your features You're gonna drive both of you insane And if you ignore your customers' outcomes You're bound to be paying your dues Cause you'll be singing those old Don't know value blues This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.